0: This week on Behind the Message, Jesus is coming again.
1: Mike gets ready to
0: rumble. And we deliver the knockout blow to the Bible 2020. (laughs)
1: And welcome to Behind the Message with Daniel and Jennifer. Without Daniel, that's going to be our new subtitle (laughs) for the episode. This week, we've got Wes Tucker with us this week um, filling in, and this was a great. Um, fun week in the Word. This week, We were in the Book of Revelation this week. Mike did a great job kind of summing it up. Um, questions are coming in. They weren't as juicy and meaty as I thought they were going to be considering it was the Book of Revelation. Um, but we do have a question this week to get to. And I'm not even going to attempt to give you the email address in which to send questions because I've failed miserably.
0: Well, we can give them your personal address No, instead. no, no, that's fine. <laughs> no. Coming out of this week.
1: But right here across the bottom of the screen is the email that you can send questions to too. Yeah. I'm not going to double up on the effort right there. Um, anyway, we're going to jump into a segment really quick that we call Family News and we have some exciting family news this week that Wes is going to tell us about that's coming up next week actually.
0: So next week, next Sunday, begins Neighbors and Nations. It's a a twice-a-year emphasis that we uh, walk through as a church together. And I'm particularly excited about it this year, not because I'm glad, like, the Bible 2020 is over, but it does seem like a kind of a new, fresh start kind of for the week. And so I'm excited about that. Uh, And Neighbors and Nations really has a couple main purposes. One is it's a regular rhythm that helps us remember that our mission is to take the gospel to those that have never heard it, to our neighbor and the nations, yeah. right, um, across the street and around the world or whatever else, whatever other things we can say to help us remember what that is. Uh, and so we do that by challenging our members to plan conversations, to think, to pray, to, to make plans for having a spiritual gospel-advancing conversation, oftentimes through a meal, could be over on the golf course, I just hit your thing, Uh, could be uh, in a coffee shop, whatever, but a conversation to advance the gospel with a person that needs to hear it, a lost person.
1: It's going to look a little different yeah. this time, maybe. I mean, not necessarily yeah. the conversations, but usually for Neighbors and Nations, there's a lot going on here at the church, and there are still some events going on at the church, and you can go online and look at those, and we'll talk more about those probably next mm-hmm. week, but mm-hmm. um, there's some amazing opportunities throughout the week, um, but there are also some neat things that we can do just yeah. as a church body um, because COVID kind of changes mm-hmm. how everything looks, sure. but there are some neat opportunities um, that we have, so tell us about some of those that we can do.
0: Yeah, so obviously, and this is what I hope Okay, hear this, if you have been reading a through the Bible 2020 reading plan, um, and you've like have made it through, congratulations, and we yeah. still want to know that, still tell us, we still want to know that, um, but don't stop. We have a reading plan all the time, yeah. year-round. Starting Monday, a Neighbors and Nations reading plan is featured, and so you can pick one of these up uh, in person on the entry tables, yeah. or you can go to the website, Neighbors and Nations website and download... You're not going to
1: give the website a thing? I imagine whole that thing. when Dustin
0: edits this, it'll be right here. <laughs> it'll be uh, that you can download <laughs> the, the reading plan for yep. that week to follow along too and to stay engaged in the Word. Right. Just centered around this missions emphasis. And that's
1: going to start, the reading plan is going to start Monday, November 16th, Mm -hmm. right? But the first weekend of Neighbors and Nations is the weekend of the 14th, Mm -hmm. um, and there'll be some great things going on. Most of those things are tied to life groups. Mm -hmm. So because large group gatherings are limited during this season, there is no more important time to get plugged into a life group um, than right now, because there's going to be some really special opportunities that you can take part in. So um, if you haven't done that yet, if you haven't been consistently going to your life group, or you don't have one, um, go on line, request information for those. You'll be contacted. Someone will reach out to you and get mm-hmm. you plugged into a life group because it's vital right yeah. now. Um, yeah. But some things you can do this week. Um, one is you can begin preparing your heart this week um, for this opportunity that our church has, this emphasis that our church has to prepare your heart for, Lord, who is on my radar. It may be one of the three names that our church is consistently keeping in front of us. It may be one of those three names. Um, It may be be somebody brand new that's moved into your neighborhood or that you work with. Um, Prepare your heart. Lord, give me an opportunity and then give me the strength to take the opportunity that is there um, to share the gospel with someone that you've placed um, in my circle of influence. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, plug into your life group. There's going to be some incredible resources that honestly, if you're not in a life group, you're going to miss out on, I think. Um, And just the community and the accountability of being in that group is going to be incredible. And then... Begin to pray and grow in excitement and pray for boldness to set up a share conversation with someone Um, anytime. But um, what's going to be neat is our church is going to be able to share um, testimonies of Mm. those conversations. So anyway, Neighbors and Nations is coming up. Great, great week. Um, Anyway, coming off a great service. It was... A little bittersweet mm-hmm. ending in sure. Revelation, yeah. Yeah. Um, especially just having one week to cover the book of Revelation, but Mike did a great job. So um, if you've pressed on through, and everybody's like, wait, it's November. How are mm-hmm. we finishing it? Because we have some great Neighbors and Nations, and believe mm-hmm. it or not, preparing for Advent. Right. Our Advent season is coming up pretty mm-hmm. soon, so that's exciting. Um, but anyway, so talking about the message this week, which was in Revelation, what got you? This is another segment that we do um, where Wes and I just kind of um, share some things that really stood out to us. Some things that were maybe um, changed our thought process or made us think. So what was something like that for you?
0: So this, to me, this was very, very early on in the message, kind of even in the opening in chapter 1, verse 3. And John says it's a blessing to read and hear and keep the words that are here. So like oftentimes we approach the book of Revelation with fear. Uh We avoid it. We're confused. We Uh don't understand it. And it's it's scary. Uh It's like, what does all this mean? Mm-hmm. Even for the believers secure in Christ, we're like, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, what is this? Um, and so and it feels it,
1: overwhelming. to Yeah, even overwhelming. Attempt. But the
0: reminder right off the bat was, you'll be blessed mm-hmm. by pursuing this revelation of who God is. Right. Now, the title of the book, the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not necessarily of what's to come and all that that's in there. Yeah. But it was reminding. It was a good reminder to me that these really, this in the book. They're all words of life that are vital to our sanctification. Right. And so that applies not just here, but the whole thing. Yeah. So even the parts that we sometimes we struggle with, the all of it, will be blessed by pursuing, understanding right. them. Yeah. Yes.
1: That was really good, and it, that was kind of freeing for yeah. me in a way. Yeah. In that, I can dig into it and worship God through it, even though I don't understand a lot of it. Yeah. Can't. And Mike was so great to say. I'm not coming in here with charts and graphs yeah. and timelines, yeah. even though we can't timeline or you know yeah. think we don't know all the answers to all of that. We can worship God because sure. it's the unveiling. It's the revelation yeah. of who Christ yeah. is, which was exciting. Absolutely. Um, what got me was the picture also early on, um, which I kind of want to dig into more because it kind of just interested mm-hmm. me so much, but um, when Mike talked about we are worshiping and living by faith to worship a king who has not yet been coronated. Um, Talking about Christ, that he Um, came as a child and was um, crucified and he was resurrected but there is going to be a time coming um, Mm -hmm. where he will be coronated publicly (laughs) and he um, used the example of King David in the Old Testament and how King David was chosen as king but he was not publicly coronated as king right away Mm -hmm. and so it was by faith that his mighty men and other people followed him as a king without his public coronation and that was just really um, a beautiful picture to me of Christ himself but also of just the unveiling of Christ throughout Scripture sure, right. and how that picture in the Old Testament just beautifully um, yeah. foreshadowed Christ in the New sure. Testament. So anyway, it was great. Yeah, awesome. um, sweet message. And if you would like to enter, Daniel's not here to do his, his <coughs> big introduction, and Jeremy is not here to sing his <coughs> introduction. So Wes is going to do his own take on introducing Mike for the sermon recap. Now
0: I've been looking forward to this. Okay. <laughs> so a little window in here. This has
1: become a new thing. This yeah. has taken a life of A little own.
0: window in. I have always been a wrestling fan.
1: This Pro- makes me nervous already.
0: Professional, not Greco-Roman. <laughs> right? But, boxing, not as much. But, there's this one dude, he's super famous, and I think he's made tons of money and trademarked a phrase that he makes a lot of money off of. So, I'm going to be Michael Buffer. Coming down the aisle <laughs> from Irwin, <laughs> Tennessee, standing five 5'11", 200-pound, <laughs> Michael, (laughs) Lauren, let's get ready to rumble!
2: (laughs) Okay, so sermon recap, or maybe we're going to box. I'm not sure. (laughs) And first time I think I've ever been introduced by my weight, but thanks for that, And
1: FYI. Don't ever and address, you missed intru- it. Don't yeah. ever introduce I a woman. Have done it. No, don't ever no. introduce a woman that
2: way. Yeah, just so you know, you missed it by about fifteen pounds, <laughs> so you can figure out which way. But uh, you know,
0: I, okay, I was thinking it was so you we were so muscular. I was adding, of course, yeah. thank you. Yeah.
2: All right, let's talk about something a little bit more important. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, fun day this weekend, but really, I think you guys use the word bittersweet, and that was really true yeah. for me personally. Yeah. I mean, something that we started as a church 10 and a half months ago, and then to be at the end of it, Mm -hmm. looking back to all that God has done, of course, looking ahead through the book of Revelation was really a gift from the Lord. But I can't begin to articulate the gift the Lord gave our church to walk sure. us through mm-hmm. the Bible in 2020 and for, for so many reasons. We could talk about that forever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too off, just a gift mm-hmm. from the Lord and thinking back through the timeliness of each segment from, we've talked about how timely that prophet section mm-hmm. was and what was going on in our country and how much we needed that and then even the timing of the book of Revelation and all that's going on around mm-hmm. us is so, it's just a gift. Mm-hmm. We're thankful uh, for that sweet gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, we came to the end and we'll wrap it up, obviously, with the last book of the Bible. We come to the book of Revelation, which again, you can come to the book of Revelation with fear and trembling and unknowns of all the images and visions and all that's there. or You can come to it with chapter one, I think you mentioned it, verse three. There's a blessing Mm -hmm. here, a blessing to read it, a blessing to hear it, a blessing to apply it to your life. So big idea, big truth that you pull from the beginning to the end is the reality that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming again. Mm -hmm and the hope that we have in that as his people, that's a sure reality. No matter what is going on in our lives in this present day, we know what the future holds. And that's just so crucial for us. So here's the apostle John, writing from the island of Patmos. And again, if you try to get in his head a little bit what he was seeing when God gave him this vision, he had to be wondering, is, is all that's gonna work out like you really said it's going to, Lord, here I am. I'm exiled by the Roman emperor. I don't know that the church is advancing. I'm stuck here on this island. And then God graciously gives him this unveiling, this revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ and what the future was to hold. So just a beautiful reality and chase some of those things. We know Jesus is coming again. We're not told when he's coming again, but we know it's imminent, could be tomorrow, but it might not be tomorrow. Mm Uh, and and we know that he gives us a lot of what's going to happen around his return. And we talked about some of those, you could never chase all of those in one message, Um, but we talked about some of the realities that's going to happen when he returns to the earth, that he's going to judge righteously, Mm -hmm. and he's going to carry Mm -hmm. out the wrath upon the earth. That sounds morbid, but that's a reality. And again, every believer longs for justice. We want that, we want the wrongs corrected. Mm And we want the things that are twisted to be made right. Well, there's a day that that's going to happen when the Lord Jesus returns. And then we also saw there's going to be a day when he's going to reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And didn't even say this yesterday, but I thought in his first coming, he wore a crown, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Crown of thorns on his mm-hmm. head in yeah. humility and suffering. Yeah. Second one, it says he wears many crowns, many diadems upon his head.
0: And remember what they hung above his head on the cross. Yeah, what it said. And, and
2: mocking and yeah. jeering. Yeah, mocking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the king yeah. of the Jews. Yeah. He didn't even want to say that. Yeah. Well, there's a day coming when every eye will see yeah. him yeah. and every tongue will confess and every knee is going to bow. He is king of kings yeah. and Lord of lords. Sure. Yeah. So we know that's going to be reality. And just that side note, not a side note, but that his people will reign with him. Uh-huh. Yeah those who have followed this yet coronated king, there's going to be a day we're going to reign alongside of him It's just as a glorious reality. And then then that final one that he's going to make all things new in chapter 21 and 22, where it's all kind of wrapped up that arc of history of creation, fall, redemption, and now the new creation. That's spelled out for us there in Revelation 21 and 22 and all that that means. Mm -hmm. What's going to be present in the new creation and there's going to be some things not present in the new creation and we're glad about that. Uh, So all that just comes to this beautiful conclusion of the Bible uh, that we hang our hope on. Mm That our King is going to return yeah. again.
1: It was a great, it was a great message for a lot of reasons. It was an amazing message going into neighbors and nations sure. um, yeah. next week because you you so stressed. I mean, He is coming to bring righteousness and justice, mm-hmm. and how imperative that is, and what a motivator that should be for yeah. us. Those that we know that are not saved. Yeah. I mean, we rejoice in great hope at that coming, but there are those that there will be no rejoicing yeah. on that yeah. day. There are billions
0: of people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They've never heard the name of Jesus. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And you could ask, why has he delayed? Well, Second Peter tells us one of the reasons he's delayed is it's an act of mercy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That the reason is those billions of people that you mentioned, mm-hmm. many who've been born, live and die, never even heard the mm-hmm. name of Jesus. It's a mercy that he's delayed for 2,000 years that more will hear. Mm-hmm. And again, we trust God's sovereignty and salvation. We know that, but at the same time, he's extended mm-hmm. this time of mercy for us to be able to tell and for those to hear and respond to the gospel oh, man
1: that's a call yeah. call to yeah. obedience for sure so one thing we like to do after the sermon recap is to do kind of a let's talk about it and maybe it's some things that um we just selfishly want to hear more of.
2: i, <laughs> or, I don't have a chart I no just, i don't have a graph
1: and i'm not gonna lie there are I'm sure I've heard from a couple of people that were a little disappointed that you had no charts, graphs, and timelines to put up on the screens yeah. this weekend just to clarify everything yeah. for us and to have all the answers. Um, but there was, for this for this section, one thing that I wanted you to kind of um, elaborate on a little bit more, talking about when is Jesus coming, when is he going to return. Um, you talked about two parables that Matthew 24 um, tells us about that kind of gives that balance between always being ready, mm-hmm. but yet there's a not yet as mm-hmm. well. So tell us a little bit more about those parables and how to mm. um, apply those, I guess. Sure. I, I think
2: that's a real helpful balance. Uh, oh, it's okay, helped me anytime yeah. you go into the study of eschatology or the study of end times or the mm-hmm. study of his return. There's a couple ditches that we fall into. Yeah really easily. One ditch is, well, Jesus is coming tomorrow, therefore nothing matters. Right. That's the same ditch the, the church at Thessalonica sure. fell in. So Paul writes the church at Thessalonica, tells them about the imminent return of Christ in chapter four, because many of them had stopped working. Mm-hmm. They just said, man, if he's coming tomorrow, what's it matter? Let's just stop living and wait for the Lord that way. And this passive waiting of quitting everything and not living faithfully. Mm-hmm. So that's one ditch. He's coming tomorrow. Why does anything matter? Uh, so to help us with that, there's the reality, He may not come tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, we continually to live faithfully with the expectation that the catching away of God's people could happen tomorrow, but it might not. Mm-hmm. And we don't know when that is. So again, Jesus gave us those two parables which are so critical. Chapter 24 of Matthew, go back and read that because the disciples are asking some of the same questions. Lord, when are these things going to be? Tell us the sign of your coming. And he walks through that great Olivet Discourse and he tells a bunch of parables. But one, this servant who his master goes away, says you're in charge of things. It's a picture of us. Our servant, our master's gone away. We're waiting for him to return and the servant lived unfaithfully because he thought his master was not going to return for a long, long time. Mm. And Jesus uses that as an example. No, no, every day live as if, and think about it, what would be different about my priorities, Mm -hmm. the way I spend my time, my money, my life, if I really believed King Jesus splits the skies and returns tomorrow? Mm Think about that. I mean, we just kind of, that would change the way we prioritize our time, our life, our proclamation of the gospel, all of that. So Jesus says that's a reality. It could happen tomorrow. But then the other parable was the parable of the ten virgins that the bridegroom delayed. They were ready and he didn't come when they thought and they were so disappointed and discouraged. They were grieved because he delayed longer. We don't know when he's gonna return. So we don't grieve that it's not yet in the sense of, oh, well, can he be trusted? Right. I mean, how do you handle it? it's imminent? These things will happen mm-hmm. from revelation. We handle it because Jesus made clear, it may not be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It, it's been 2000 years yeah. since the promise. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he's slow about his promise or his promise is not gonna come true? As those in Second Peter jeered, it, jeered for saying no, that means that it's working into his perfect plan. So for us, We live as if it could be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That is a reality. Mm -hmm. But we walk faithfully today knowing it might not be tomorrow. That's in God's good timing and His perfect plan.
1: I think sometimes, and I think this is true of me, I won't put this on anybody else, but um, people want to know the exact whens and the timelines and uh, the order of events in in Revelation because then that gives us a sense of security of, Mm -hmm. okay, I know what's coming next. but no one knows the day or hour for a reason yeah, because yeah. god wants us to live just like you said with that imminent expectation living yeah. in the present i need to live today yeah. as if tomorrow yeah. as if at any moment i need to live in that type of level of faithfulness yeah. but i also need to live with the trust and the faith of if it's not tomorrow i'm trusting yeah. that the bridegroom is still coming yeah. um and so i i think if if we knew the exact timeline and when everything was going to happen. Well, it would be really easy just to yeah. sit back and say, "Well, I got time. You know, yeah. I can wait on that." Yeah,
0: so. yeah. I think I'll go further than that. I think not only is it, it provides some confidence and assurance, it it lets us knowing exactly when would let us off the hook in the in the near term. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll I'll get serious about that later, mm-hmm. or I will, whatever. I'll give time to making the gospel known. Mm-hmm later or and all that is yeah. is an abuse and cheap approach mm-hmm. to salvation yeah. but we're really capable of that a lot usually yeah. you know yeah. so it's like the the test is next Sunday if I know that I'll, I can cram a Saturday night mm-hmm. yeah the pop yeah. quiz everyone hates yeah. because
1: yeah you don't and know. that does really clarify why it says in Revelation 1 3 it is such a blessing yeah to read this, to study this book of Revelation um, <clears throat> that we all tend to avoid for whatever reason. Um, but the blessing comes from getting this sure. kind of an awareness that yeah. there is an imminence to his return. Mm-hmm. We need to live like that and there is a faithful expectation mm-hmm. to his return and we gain that through the mm-hmm. book of Revelation but we avoid it because there's so much we don't understand mm-hmm. um, at that time. Mm-hmm. So another little follow-up to a little um, mm-hmm. let's talk about it kind of question. So if we <clears throat> live in that light So let's get real practical for a minute. If we are going to uh, live in the light of knowing that Jesus um, could return at any moment, he may not, um, how does that affect, what does that look like day to day? Like, how should we as believers, our our church body, how should we wait for him? I mean, what does that look like practically day to day? And, you know, people don't wait well. So um, what can that look like practically in a believer's life?
2: Yeah, so... I think the verse that always just resonates in my mind when I think about that is, again, I, I, we said it, but it's that 1 Peter one thirteen, mm-hmm. where, again, Peter's writing to these group of exiled believers who are really suffering, mm-hmm. and it looks dark, and it looks bleak, and you just put yourself in that yeah. position, whatever looks dark, looks bleak, whatever's not turning out quite like you think it should mm-hmm. sure. in the present. 1 mm-hmm. Peter says uh, to fix your hope uh, be of, uh, gird up your mind for action he says be of sober spirit think clearly how do you think clearly in the moment now you fix your hope completely on the grace to be
0: brought to you when at the revelation of Jesus Christ well, define hope for us really quickly yeah. remember remember what this is we're not like i hope that the, that this is true yeah. Yeah. and this comes that's so to huge. find hope for yeah. us really quick that's huge
2: so the word hope biblically always means it is an absolute certainty mm-hmm. yeah. yet unrevealed yeah. Yeah. it's something as certain as us sitting here looking at each other mm-hmm. in the moment right. it's just not been revealed or, or happened yet in yeah. time and space mm-hmm. yeah. so it's just as certain so That huge encouragement gives us a steadiness and a resolve and a balance to our lives. Again, we know the ups and downs, and we all wrestle with those, whether they're intense or severe, whether it's just things don't go our way in that day, whatever it is. But how we respond does reveal where our hope is Mm -hmm. fixed. Our tendency, my tendency, your tendency, is to fix our hope on things that change, Mm -hmm. things that are going to be here tomorrow and gone, be here today, Mm -hmm. gone tomorrow. And man, our souls are just jerked Mm -hmm. around by Mm -hmm. that and we live that way. Peter says, no, 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 no. Where's your hope Mm -hmm. fixed Mm -hmm. on this sure and certain reality of the coming of Christ and all that with it, the grace, Mm -hmm. all this undeserved merit that's going to be ours from the the Lord Jesus Mm -hmm. when he returns. And then the other piece really quick is that Titus passage we looked at. Yeah. You know, the grace of God has been revealed to all men, speaking of his first coming, but uh, between his first coming and his second coming, we live looking, Mm -hmm. we live sensibly, righteously, Mm -hmm. godly in this present age. We deny ungodliness and worldly desires. There's just a hatred of sin. Mm -hmm. I mean, why? Uh, Because we know all all that is of sin is one day going to be Mm -hmm. done away with. Why would you build your life on something that's going to be totally obliterated? And then this to live sensibly and righteously and godly. And we talked about that a few weeks ago in our outdoor service. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the sensibly, clear thinking, righteously, our relationship with others, godly our relationship with God. Yeah. What's the undergirding of all that? Yeah. He says looking to yeah. the great hope, the mm-hmm. blessed hope and appearing of our great God and yeah. Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. It just undergirds everything in our life to bring this stability and steadiness mm-hmm. of what the future holds.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like those are simple. Deny ungodliness and world desires. Did you say those are simple? Simple. Well, I'm going to get there. Those are simple, like words. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right concept. But they have great implication oh, yeah. and application. So, for example, I, I think this is a great way to anchor in why you need other people, why community really sure. matters, why I need have you to we tell me life
1: groups enough yeah, lately. That <laughs>
0: desire is worldly. Sure. Put that out of your put that um, out of your purview. That is world. Yeah. That is a worldly thought. Or, um, that's not really sensible in our relationship to one. I think that's. But those are great concepts and they seem, they're simple words, yeah. Yeah. but they're harder to live yeah. and why others matter and help us so right. much. Yeah, yeah. But put that in the context when you say worldly
2: desires, yeah. which we tend to gravitate yeah. to. Yeah. You read the book of Revelation, you realize everything connected to this world yeah. is fading yeah. away. Yeah. So, what love is it to say to someone, you know, you're chasing something yeah. that in the moment seems really important? Yeah. yeah but it's going to fade away. Yeah, you can't anchor your life to and that. And there's
1: something really important here, too, because you've all you used the phrase multiple times and Scripture uses the phrase that we need to look to and mm-hmm. fix our gaze on. Um, and I think what cannot be lost is that if we are looking to and fixing our gaze on, we're looking away from something else. Mm-hmm. and time, I mean, right now especially, if we're fixing our gaze on on something, but if we're doing it on the world, on the news, on um, what our friends are all saying, on social yeah. media, on Facebook, on all the reports, if that's what we're fixing our gaze, mm-hmm. and by that I mean we're giving our time, mm-hmm. our attention, our energy to that, yeah. um, then we cannot be fixing our gaze mm-hmm. and yeah. looking toward um, the one who is our hope. And, and this is not a time it's never been a time, but um, just the urgency that came out of reading through Revelation this past week, and even the urgency in the world climate today, yeah. this is not a time that we as believers can say, I can read my little devotional book and my little devotional yeah. and that's going to come across sounding really harsh and oh well. But this is not a time that we can read that one little verse in that little, you know, somebody else's little devotional writing and feel like we have fixed our gaze for the day because we have not. And it is a critical time right now to press into the Word of God deeply. When if you marry
0: part of Paul's message a few weeks ago from the book of Hebrews, chapter 1 was lay aside every weight and sin that is causing our gaze to not be fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, who is Jesus, to lay that aside. So how can you be focused on the end Mm -hmm. and be faithful today when you're weighted down? Mm -hmm. How can you run an enduring race Mm -hmm. when you're weighted down with these other things that are just temporal and worldly? Yeah. Yeah. And it
2: stood out to me, and you guys made some point really quick that stood out. There's three different places in Revelation that I hadn't noticed before of how much the Bible goes to great detail to say this was given. Uh, from the Father, to the Son, through John, to to the saints, to the churches, it opens up that way. And then we know chapter 2 and 3 was actually written to the churches, and then you come to the end of chapter 22 and he says, this is given to the churches, to to the point you all are making. Why would you not bury yourself in this, just the book of Revelation, but the entire scripture, to find that hope and that foundation and that steadiness that's been given by our Father is such a gift of what's true and what you build your life on. So it's a great gift.
1: And that leads very smoothly into a mailbox question that we have. So there are lots of people who study and who read this book of Revelation. And you gave such a great overview and such a challenging overview of the entire book. But there are many people that want to go deeply into this book. And so one of the uh, questions that came in this week um, that I'm going to toss out to you guys was this. Can you recommend some good resources for further study of Revelation and the second coming of Jesus? Um, Some good solid ones because there are some not good, not solid um, takes on yeah. With just the wrong focus, because you gave it the exact right focus, and that is, it is yeah. the unveiling and the revelation of Christ. Yeah. And so, anything that detracts from that is not a good resource yeah. to look to. So, so what do y'all got for that? Here's
0: one? how I want to answer this. I want to answer it, I think, in the in order of importance, okay. which I think is the best way to do mm-hmm. it. First, let's start with the biblical resource. Okay, the entire Bible, yeah. right? Yeah. Let's start sure. with that, and that's I know that's the easy, like sure. Sunday school answer. Sure. The entire Bible is the resource. You cannot understand what's being fulfilled in Revelation without what we've done this year. Right. It doesn't make any sense. You can't see the beauty right. Right. of the, the shape of the Holy of Holies in a perfect cube and then see that yeah. that's what the shape of the New Jerusalem is going to be. Like, you, you miss those things, right. the whole Bible.
1: So wait, before you. So yeah. when you say the whole Bible, people are going to be like, okay, well, I don't know all of that, and I really wanted to start in Revelation. So yeah. along those lines... Get a Bible with just some great cross sure. references. Yeah. A study Bible with sure. great cross references so that when you come to passages in Revelation, you're not going to somebody yeah. else's words. It's sending you to other places in Scripture that deal with those exact sure. same pictures or images. Yep. Okay, so anyway. Then
0: read somebody else's words. Yeah. Okay, right. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to, this is not. This is Matthew, okay? <laughs> because I don't have a revelation was like, <laughs> this is These are fish on here. But this is uh, this is a great series. Uh, it's called a Christ-centered exposition uh-huh. series. Exalting Jesus in Revelation is what you'd be looking for by Dr. Danny Aiken.
1: Okay, you totally shook that around. Sorry, Sorry yeah, to there you go. Like Help that, me. Like
0: um, and so I think that's a great... Mm-hmm. And you notice the thickness of it. That's not meant to be an exhaustive... Right. Um, uh, let's what are all the possible views of the end times
1: Yes but are this there is, charts and graphs
0: There is a bible that's bible exposition okay yeah. Next I would recommend a book called The Work of Christ by RC Sproul and here's why I recommend that
1: And all of these are going to be on the notes
0: Yeah here's why I would recommend that The last chapter is The Second Coming of Christ We sometimes don't think about Christ's full work in his coming, in his dying, in his ascension, and then culminating with his return. Uh-huh. So it puts the whole work of Christ yeah. in proper context, and okay. it's an easy read. Um,
1: Did R.C. Sproul was an easy read?
0: That one is, yes, okay. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. The next one, just a good, basic, simple, systematic theology text. Okay. Um, but again, I think I'm going in order of importance. Uh-huh. First, Okay, Then we're, now we're coming to some things that are a little more complicated, a little more um, uh, less basic. Yeah. Okay, so a basic and simple. i going to
1: say something there. Yep. Um, having just been in yep. seminary a little yep. over a year, yep. if you would have said to me over a year ago, yep. just a basic systematic yep. theology right. text, I would have been like, hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but but it, it really is that. accessible. Okay, so... In all honesty, and I just recommended this to my sister not too yeah. long ago um, to get Wayne Grudem's Systematic yeah. Theology. You can go on Amazon and get it for like $18 yep. or something. Yep. And it's huge and it's thick. But Mike told me this, he used it when he was in seminary, that it is a devotional type read. And mm-hmm. it really, really yeah. is. And yeah. it's not something you have to read in order, like from start to finish. Um, it is an amazing, yeah. it's an amazing resource. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Anyway. And then the final thing, and this is laser focused, but it's really accessible too. And we've used this in some of our study groups here that have focused on the Doctrine of the Last Things or mm-hmm. the End Times. And there's a resource called Four Views of the End Times by... Dr. Timothy Jones, a friend of our church, Um, and it's just a very basic introduction to the millennia and some of the things that we didn't talk a whole lot about Mm -hmm. that are there, less important, Mm -hmm. not meant to be divisive,
1: not center stage, and at least at least
0: tertiary issues. But but here's what I want you to hear. I think more important than what I said in the exact resources is the way you approach things like this: Bible commentary or somebody else's words, some biblical theology. The work of Christ, uh-huh. and then some systematic theology. Yeah. Yeah. That's you go from inward to systematizing, yeah. and not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. That's so, and, I, and
2: just to reiterate all that back to that chapter one verse three.
0: Yeah,
2: it says, "Blessed are those who read." Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, if you if yeah. you run to all the resources, and they're helpful, and we want those; those are some great resources. Then mm-hmm. you miss what I mean, the Word of God says about itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. read it. Yeah. yeah. Read it again. Read it again. Mm-hmm. And we have the gift of reading it and, and reading it in community in our yeah. life groups, which is a massive gift to be able right. to read and talk through that in our life yeah. groups. So, and
1: there's so much in Revelation that we won't ever understand by design. Um, but what we do gain is standing in awe of Christ who is to be revealed um, fully. Um, and so that's what we should come away from any study sure. of the book of Revelation. on. So that's awesome. Anything else from you guys? i want to... We're good. Finished up in prayer. Okay, so I'm going to pray, I'm going to read and pray scripture over us and then I think there is a video that we're going to watch following this which will kick off um, our Neighbors and Nations Week which is coming up, a great video just about um, our church's involvement in the world and what we're called to do as a church family. Um, so let me read some scripture and pray over us. I'm going to be in Revelation 21, we're going to be in verses 4 and 5. So let me pray. Father God, we praise you for your word. Um, Father, and we want to just say we are sorry for avoiding the parts that we don't understand. And Lord, we want to read to celebrate who you are and to reshape and to refocus our gaze on you. And Lord, today we praise you because your word says you will wipe away every tear from our eyes and there will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. Lord, we live with that expectation and that hope. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. Lord, we praise you for your faithful and true word and for who you are. And it's in your son's name that we can pray these things. Amen.
2: Jesus lived His life loving the lost, using the routines of His life to engage His friends with the gospel. In John 15, 15, He said, I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. This was true friendship to Jesus, telling others what He heard from the Father. Like Jesus, we can use the routines of our lives, like the meals we eat, to make the gospel God has shown us known to our friends. This is the love of Jesus, and we are here to share it.